Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our Sunday morning services begin at 9 and 11 o'clock. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. They decided they would go out to the beach and just enjoy. Uh, and they were going to swim out to an island that they had done many times. In fact, uh, they were swimmers at the school. They had grown up together. So they started off going out towards the island. And as always, they were swimming and talking and not really paying too much attention and began to get a little tired. And I thought, okay, I'm getting tired. Let's go to that buoy and just take a break and then we'll finish swimming out to the island. So they proceeded to swim towards the buoy and they were still talking and swimming. And after a few minutes, they realized we are now farther away from the buoy than we started. What had happened was, is that It wasn't a rip current. It was just the natural tide that was slowly but surely drifting them out to sea. Well, then they began trying to swim back. The more they tried, the further they drifted away. And in about two hours, they were somewhat two and a half miles away from the coast. No longer could they really see the buoy. They could hardly see land. And they realized that now they're in danger. Although they were both excellent swimmers. Just casually not paying attention to the the tide. It had drifted them away. And now they're struggling to survive. And in their struggling, they both were raised in Christian homes. They begin to pray. Lord, please save us. Lord, please don't let us dry out here. And if you've been out on the water long, they started cramping. They started getting cold. And lo and behold, off in the distance, they could see a yacht that had left from Delray Beach, headed back up to New York, going around the coast. They began to scream and wave as much as they could. But as you know, if you're in a boat, you really can't hear too much because of the motor running. And the boat went by them. And about 200 yards after the boat had passed them, the captain heard something and he stopped, shut the boat off and began to look around. And then he noticed the two teenagers frantically waving in the water, screaming at him. He waved back at them. He turned the boat back around and he came and got them. As they were getting into the boat, Heather said, I know that God is real. And Wagner, the captain of the ship, said, I know he is. Do you know how I know he is? Look at the name of my boat. (laughs) Caught away, drifted out to sea, and if it weren't for the Lord, they would have died. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for this day that you have made. Lord, help us today not to get so lackluster and so casual that we get caught in the world's tide. And Lord, before we realize it, we have completely drifted away from you. Lord, today, keep us close to you. Keep us focused on you so that we truly can remain in you and faithful to you. And I pray that in Jesus name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. That's where we're going to be this morning. I'll be there in just a few minutes. All of us living around the coast, we've all probably gone out to the beach. And we get into the water. And of course, we are always got that paranoid, like, make sure there's no sharks around. I don't want to get bit by a shark. And then you got to be careful. Watch out for the jellyfish. Uh, they're just as bad sometimes as sharks. So we're real careful on the sharks and the jellyfish. And, and oh, don't forget about the undertow. Make sure you don't get caught in the undertow. And we have all of these violent things passing through our brain 
trying to keep us aware. But what we fail to realize sometimes is just the casual drift of the tide. And if you've ever been out in the tide, it just kind of drifts you away. I remember being a, youth, being a youth pastor that we would go out and we'd start playing in the water. We'd be playing tag or throwing a ball around and we'd be out there for about 30 minutes. And all of a sudden you look up and now you're like a mile away from where you started. Everybody in the youth group is way down on the beach about a mile away. And then you got to go all the way back. And you're like, well, well, how did that happen? Well, it's simple. Just the casual drift of the tide Drifts us away. And that's actually the title of my message this morning. Drifting away. Here's what the word drift means. Drift is a casual shift. It's just a gradual shift. It's an aimless source to become carried along. It's subject to guidance or no guidance or control. In other words, we can get situated. And if we're not paying attention, we'll casually just start drifting. And we have to really stay maintained and focused. If not, we drift away. I mean, think about that. The year 2020 has been a year of drifting. I mean, think about that. In March of this year, schools were canceled. Kids went home. Probably didn't work too much at home. And now when they had to go back to school, oh, please, we don't need to go back to school. We got too used to sleeping in the morning and getting up and doing our work real quick and being done with it. We kind of drifted away from the habit of studying and being focused. Or how about working from home? Some of us got to work from home. And now all of a sudden, if you've got to go back to work, heaven forbid, I've got to go back to the job. I got used to only having to wear a, a button-up shirt and still wear my, my pajamas bottoms, you know. But now I got to go back. I, I, got, I got used to being slack. How about even church was canceled for a few months because of COVID? And we, we all got situated at home and we got to the place where maybe I'll turn on the service this morning. Maybe I won't. I don't know. We, we just basically got into a situation where we just started drifting. Well, here's what it says in Hebrews chapter two, verse one. It says, therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away with it. Listen to that. Therefore, we must pay closer Closer attention. In other words, that word closer attention means like to embrace, to grab. Why do we need to embrace and grab what we've heard? If not, we'll drift away. Well, what are we drifting away from? Well, that's what the word therefore is. Therefore always tells you there was something before. So we have to go back before. And we have to go back to Hebrews 1. And that's what Pastor Rocky preached on back in the beginning of August where he talks about Jesus is better. Remember, Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than the law. Jesus is better than anything in this world. But sometimes we can get so focused and so just overwhelmed with the pleasures of this world that we forget how good Jesus is. And before we know it, we drift away. Just that simple. We can get caught up sometimes in our hobbies and our family and our work so much that we just kind of drift away and don't even realize it. So maybe the question is, well, how do I know? How do I know I've drifted away? Well, let me just give you a real. There's a bunch of ways. Let me just give you three reasons how you know you drift away. Number one, was it really hard to come to, to, to church this morning? Was it really hard to turn on the video this morning to watch us? Can you remember the last time you've gotten before the Lord and just prayed? Maybe not for you, but for others. Or better yet, when you come to worship, is, has worship become a dry routine thing and you're just ready for the, the worship to be over? 
so that you can hear the preaching. See, if those things are ringing in your mind, what that should tell you is that you're drifting away. Because in all reality, we should be excited to come to worship. We should be excited to get before the Lord and, and talk to him and pray. We should be excited to sing the songs of Jesus. But if you're not, you're drifting away. So what caused us to drift away? And then what's causing us to drift away? Well, this is just real easy. Number one, we simply do nothing. We just go into neutral. In other words, you just take your hands off the wheel. Do you realize all a person has to do to drift away spiritually is to do absolutely nothing? Nothing. COVID has helped us do that real well. We become somewhat maybe lackadaisical and, and less disciplined. And so we don't do the things we used to do. Why? Because we've just quit. I mean, think about it. how does a boat drift? Simple. Number one, you turn the motor off. Because if the motor is on and you're going towards the direction, it's going that direction. Or two, the motor may be off, but you pulled anchor up. If you pull the anchor up, then the boat's going to drift. In other words, the only way you and I will ever drift in life is not to have a conscious plan in life. And so when we take our hands off the wheel and we do absolutely nothing. Then we drift and that's what's so dangerous because let's be honest with each other. It's real easy not to do anything spiritually. It's, it's real easy not to get up in the morning and want to pray. It's real easy not to get up in the morning and want to read your Bible. It's real easy not to get up and want to do things spiritually. It takes work. It takes discipline. And if we're not careful, we'll put our hands. We'll just take our hands off and say, you know what? I'm tired. I just want to drift into neutral. And let me tell you what, when you go into neutral, you're not drifting closer. You're drifting further away. Think about that. Church services were canceled back in March. Did you really watch during that time or did you kind of drift away? We have a, we no longer are meeting right now on Wednesday nights. Are you scheduling every Wednesday night at seven to listen to Derek Grace in depth study of Romans? Or you say, I'll watch that later. And guess what? Later never comes, does it? We're, we're so far behind that we haven't paid attention. Why? Because when we're not engaging in the church, we're drifting away from the church. If you're not planning for things, you're drifting. And so when you take your hands off the wheel and simply do nothing in your life spiritually, I promise you, you're drifting away from the Lord. And pretty soon it will be harder and harder to hear from him, harder and harder to follow him because you're simply drifting. Not only do we go into neutral, the second thing we do is we ignore all the warning signs. God has blessed you and I with warning signs in life, physically and spiritually. God gives us things to make us aware of what's going on. I mean, think about that. When, when you start getting aggravated and irritated with things, more than likely you're not feeling well, uh, things are going on. You know, when, when you start having the, the thought process of not wanting to read, not wanting to pray, there's the warning sign for you and me both that we, we've got to come back in. And if we don't pay attention and heed to the warning signs, we're going to die. 
This past summer, uh, my son and I were going somewhere and we walked out to his car about one o'clock in the afternoon. And right on the top of the car was one of those little green rain frogs. Perfectly green, but as roasted as roasted could be. He got on the car in the morning. And as the temperature began to rise or as the sun began to come up at my house and the car, uh, the heat on the car started elevating, the frog didn't pay attention. Because he didn't pay attention, he wound up dying on that car overheated. It should have told him something, but it didn't. Well, lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, I have a freezer outside my house. I go around the fr- freezer and there's another green rain frog on the outside of the freezer, right where that seam is at. Frozen to death, possibly wanting to get near to cool off during the summer. Didn't realize the temperature in his body was dropping lower and lower and lower and ultimately froze, not paying attention to the warning signs. We have to be careful in our lives spiritually that God gives you and I both warning signs. And if we don't heed to those warning signs, we will ultimately die. Those signs are there to turn us back towards the right direction. We have to learn to turn back towards that direction. I know. You might as well confess, just like I confess, I'm as hard headed as you. And when God gives me signs because I feel that I'm okay, I don't really pay attention to the sign. Does that make sense? We have things go wrong with us physically. For years, my endocrinologist told me my my blood sugar levels were out of control. My weight was out of control. I needed to do something if I wanted to see my children grow up, get married. And I thought, well, no, I feel pretty good. I can still actively play and enjoy. But I did not pay attention until about two years ago. It became real well when I looked at my readings on my A1C levels and on my cholesterol and on my blood pressure. And all of a sudden, numbers don't lie. And then it came time for me to say, okay, it's time for me to do something. I've been stupid long enough. I've ignored the warning signs long enough. Let's do something. Well, as of two weeks ago, all of my numbers are perfect. But I had to do something. I had to change the way I think. I had to change the way I eat. I had to change everything. I had to purpose in my heart to do that very thing. If your life is ever going to change, you have to purpose in your heart To do that, I think Charles Stanley says it best. He says, when we lack direction, in other words, when we're not focused, we're not stayed on the course, we simply don't stagnate. We continue to move usually in an unhealthy direction. So, number one, we go into neutral. Number two, we ignore the warning signs. Number three, our moral compass malfunctions. It just malfunctions. God has blessed you and I both with a moral compass. Compasses are so neat. You know, compasses are designed off of of magnetic polarity. We have a magnetic north and a magnetic south. They're not due north and due south. They're about 125 miles kind of west and east of them. But with a magnetic compass, that compass always will face north. And when you turn another direction, that compass will tell you where you're going. It's that magnetic pull. But the problem is when you get a lot of iron or you get a lot of magnetite around the compass, it goes crazy. When that compass gets so overwhelmed with iron or magnetite, it can't read right. That's what happens in the Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle is covered with land with magnetite. And that's why when ships and planes go in there, the compass just starts going crazy because the magnetite interferes with the compass. 
God has given you and me a moral compass. But when the world so insaturates your life and insaturates my life, it messes up that moral compass. So we no longer can go straight to the Lord. We go in other places. And you have to understand, it's not the bad things. Hear me this morning. Most people will miss out on the best things in life just because they get involved in the good things in life. Do you realize that? You can miss out on the very best things in life because you're involved in the good things. Now, let me me be honest. Do you want the best or you just want the good? I, I want the best. And if I want the best, then I have to go after the best. But sometimes I settle in for just the good. And we can't settle in for just the good. We need to go after the best. And the reason we're not going after the best is because the world has saturated and polluted our mind with the wrong thinking. I mean, the the story of the parable of the seed and the sower, Matthew 13, makes that clear. It says the, the, the plant grew up and all of a sudden the weeds of the world just choked it out. Well, why did the weeds of the world choke it out? Because the the plant let it. And if we're not careful, the same thing will happen. One of the saddest stories you'll ever read in the Bible is found in the book of Genesis. It's about the story of Abraham and Lot. You know, Lot's Abraham's nephew. And, and Lot and Abraham had a lot of animals. And they got to the place where both of them had too much, so they were going to have to separate. And Abraham told Lot, he says, you choose where you want to live. And all of a sudden, Lot just kind of fixed his eyes on a wicked city called Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you don't know much about Sodom and Gomorrah, it was the most wicked city in the Bible. And, and Lot saw that. And, the, and in five short phrases, we hear the demise of Lot's life. The first thing that Lot does in Genesis chapter 13, verse 10, it says he chose the valley of Sodom. He was going towards Sodom. He chose to live right outside of Sodom. Then the next thing the Bible tells us in Genesis thirteen twelve is that he set a tent out just outside of Sodom. So he's going to Sodom. Now he pitches his tent just outside of Sodom. And then the next thing we read in Genesis 14 is that he lives in the city of Sodom itself. And then in Genesis 19, we read he sat in the gate where he became one of the leaders. And then in Genesis 19, where Abraham come to free him and set him free from the demise that was getting ready to come. Lot lingered. He didn't want to go. So think about that. He looked to Sodom. He moved towards Sodom. He lived in Sodom. He became a resident and a captain or a leader in Sodom, and then he didn't want to go away from Sodom. Same thing for me and you. We will look on the things of the world and they appeal to us. And then all of a sudden we start going in that direction. And before we realize that we, we, we're not in it yet, we've just pitched ourselves right outside of it. But the next thing you know, we're in it. And before we realize that we're not only in it, we're like heavily in it. And then we don't want to leave it. And then it ultimately destroys us. Because of our moral compass. So the question is. How do we keep from drifting then? How do we keep from drifting away from the Lord? Well it's real simple. We must listen very carefully. To the Lord. Pay close attention. I mean that's what it says in Hebrews 2.1. We must pay closer attention. In fact in the NLT version it says. We must listen very carefully. What that means is. Is that you embrace. You pull it into you. You're going to listen very carefully. Now, now, let's be honest with each other. We have a hard time listening. Do we not? In fact, the Bible tells us in the New Living Translation over 400 times to listen. 
It tells us over 300 times in the New American Standard Bible to listen. Over 200 times in the NAS to, to the ESV to listen. So we're, we're told over and over to listen carefully. To, to focus in on the Lord. But the problem is we have a hard time doing that. And I think the best way I can tell you why we have a hard time doing that is what Stephen Covey says. Here's what Stephen Covey says. Stephen Covey says that most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Now that happens quite frequently at my house. I don't know about your house, but when I want to go ahead and mention something for, for direction or correction, immediately the defense mechanism pops up. And they want to tell you why they're doing what they're doing. Amen. Are y'all not? We all do it. Come on. We all do it. God gives us something. And immediately we say, well, God, the reason why I'm doing this right now is because of this, this and this. God, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm engaged in this right now is because this, this and this. Rather than saying, Lord, I want to open up my brain. Lord, I, I want to block the world out. Lord, I'm not going to create a defense mechanism today, Lord. I just want to hear you. And I'm not going to defend what I'm doing. Lord, I want to listen to what you're saying. And it's hard to do. We have been geared. We have been trained. We have been raised to defend our mechanism, to defend our stance. But rather than listening to maybe some wise advice. So point number one, we, we need to listen very carefully. Number two is we need to remember or meditate on the word that we've heard. Just that simple. We, we need to remember and meditate. It, drifting happens because we fail to process. We fail to meditate and apply what we've heard. It, what happens is that you'll hear a message this morning. And that word is in your mind. You've got it. I mean, it's there. But as you leave this place this morning, maybe the first thing you're going to talk about is, um, I, I'm going to go to lunch. So what do we have for lunch today? Where do you want to go? And if it's not lunch, then what are we going to do this afternoon? And what are we going to have for dinner tonight? What am I going to do to work? And what you realize, that word that got in your brain now is being pushed a little further and a little further and a little further out of your mind. So by the time you wake up tomorrow morning, you no longer can remember what we preached on Sunday. Because the word didn't get rooted in your life. Because everything else pushed it out. It's just just that simple. I mean, do you remember the, the game when you were growing up? Or, or at least now I'm growing up. King of the Hill. King of the Hill, what a neat game. Some guy gets on the top and then you've got to try to push him off. And if you get on top, then you've got to try to keep everybody else from pushing you off. And man, it's a fight. But for, for boys, it's a lot of fun. Well, guess what? Ladies, you're playing King of the Hill too, whether you, believe, whether you know it or not. Guys, we're playing King of the Hill. Every day, you'll come, when you wake up, something is trying to take over your thinking. And so you have to learn to allow Jesus to be the king of your hill. And you've got to fight with the Lord not to allow the world to continue to push him further and further out of your life. So you no longer can remember scripture, no longer can hear the Lord. It's a fight. That's why when you come in here today and you hear a word, and you go, that's good. Hold on to that. Do not let that go. Meditate on it. Keep hanging on to it. Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday when Derek teaches, listen to him. Meditate that on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. So when you come back in here on Sunday, you're ready for another word. So you can hold on to that. So it'll keep you close to the Lord, not pushing away. Psalms 85.8 says it best. It says, I listen carefully. Here's that word again. Listen carefully. 
We've got to learn to do that. Listen carefully to the Lord. And why do we listen carefully? Why? So that they will not return to their foolish ways. If you do not want it to return, or you don't want to keep making the mistakes over and over again, then we have to learn to listen carefully, to embrace, to hold the Lord in. As I've mentioned before, I want to mention to you again, don't let the noise of this world keep you from hearing the voice of the Lord. Don't let the noise of this world drown out the Holy Spirit trying to talk to you. Make sure He is the clear conversation in your life. Last, number three is, we got to consciously stay the course. Consciously. You have to make up in your mind, I am not going to let the Lord disappear from my life. I'm going to wake up every morning ready to love Him, ready to serve Him, ready to follow Him. It's just this simple. No one, I repeat, no one ever drifts towards God. They drift away from the Lord. So if you are going to grow in your life today, if you're going to grow spiritually, then you've got to consciously set a course. If you're ever going to be successful in your business life, you've got to consciously set a course. You're just not going to drift to success. If you're going to consciously make a difference in this world, you've got to set a course. You're just not going to drift into that. You have to make up your mind. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to look back. Church, we are drifting from the Lord and we've got to learn to come back to him. We've got to learn to go to him because we're never going to drift towards spiritual maturity. We're never going to drift towards joy and peace and happiness. The only way that will ever happen is when we consciously make up in our mind today is the day that I'm going to plan out my my quiet time with the Lord. I'm going to pray. I'm going to engage with people. I am consciously going to do that. And when you do that, your life will change. The difference between the average person and the successful person is the average person just thinks he's going to drift somewhere. The successful person realizes I've got to do something. If you don't want to repeat the same mistakes over and over again, then you've got to consciously get before the Lord, consciously open up your ears and hear him so that he will make a difference in your life and never, ever let that go. Just that simple. I'm going to ask the praise team if they would come up right now. And I want to leave you with one final thought. If you haven't heard anything else today, please hear this. Isaiah chapter 55, it's 13 short verses. Go home and, and just, just meditate on this for like the next month. It may take you that long. Some neat things in Isaiah. Look at what it says. Come everyone who thirst. See, if you're thirsting, this morning, you're, you, you just want something. Your life is empty. You're thirsting. Jesus said, you got to come to me. Come to the waters. Notice what it says. And he who has no money, come. Buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money. and without. How in the world can I buy these things without money? Because he's not talking about a physical entity. He's saying, if you are lacking emotionally, you're lacking mentally, spiritually. Come, Jesus says. I want you to come to me. I'll take care of it. He says, listen, incline your ear. Listen carefully is a better way of saying that. Why? Come to me, hear that your soul may live, and that I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. And then in verse 6, it says, to seek the Lord while he may be found. 
Listen, God's not always going to be there for us. The Lord says, listen, right now, seek me. If you choose, if you're miserable today and you choose to leave this place, you're still drifting away. Now is the time that you seek him. Now is the time that you find him. Why? Let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man his thought. Let him return to the Lord. We got to return. We've got to come back. After all, if you drifted away, how do you come back to the Lord? You got to return. You, you got to come back to him. And look at what it says at the bottom. And he will abundantly pardon. God says, listen, I'm not coming. I don't want to beat you up. What I want to do is I want to save you. Listen, I know you've made some mistakes in your life. I know you're, you're struggling right now. And guess what? I want, to, uh, I want to pardon you abundantly. I want to wrap my loving arms around you to hold you. But you got to come. And you got to listen to my direction in your life. And listen, when you do that, this is what I'm going to grant you. This is what the Lord says in verse 12. He says, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Just that simple. Today, if you're drifting from the Lord, you got to come. Today, if you are miserable, lonely, and empty, you need to come. Why? Because, see, Jesus tells us, over, you'll come. I'll love you, and I'll heal you, and I'll provide for you. But your responsibility is to come. And when you come, you'll leave this place with joy and with peace. So today, if you're drifting... I want to encourage you to come. Let us pray for you. Let the Lord do a work in your life so that you can leave this place with joy and peace. Father, thank you for such a word. Thank you for the clear direction. And Lord, I am the first to admit, I'm, I don't want to drift away anymore. Lord, I am coming to you to save me, to help me, to lead me. And Lord, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice. If they are drifting from you today, Lord, may today they consciously come to you. Don't allow the noise of this world, Lord, to drive them away from you even further. Today, I pray they will make a decision today to come to you so that you can save them and change them so that they will never be the same from this moment on. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.